Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Are you interested in angels, demons, spirits, ghosts, and monsters? Are you curious about their origins, tales, and influence upon history and on the present day? If so, sit back, relax, and welcome to Southern Demonology, the podcast that explores all of this and more. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello all. Welcome back to another episode of Southern Demonology, and as always, I am your host, JJ. Shining quite a lot. Akamashti Eminito or, if you speak English, Happy New Year. Uh, this, I really hope that this coming year is going to be much, much better than the last two, uh, although with the way things are looking... That may not shape up from a uh, public health standpoint, but we can only hope. Um, I'm not going to give too much of a long introduction this time around because I really do want to focus on part two of Christie's amazing interview on uh, Aramaic incantation bowls. Um, it was a really good conversation. If you haven't checked out part one, I highly recommend it. Um, but this time we're actually getting more into the meat of the matter. You know, part one was not only around some of the stumbling blocks that one can face when actually studying, um, any religious belief in more detail, uh, cause more things come to light which may have been glossed over in whatever Sunday school or uh, you know early morning education that you may have received from said religion and then the we actually started to delve more deeply uh, into the uh, incantation bowl themselves uh, and now we're actually she's going to give much more detailed information especially some of the conundrums that one can face when dealing with Judaism and skull fragments. So I'm going to leave it there. I will let her speak for herself. Uh, But anyway, uh, thank you all very much for joining. Uh, If you'd like to support us, please go on to our Patreon uh, page, patreon.com slash Southern Demonology, or join us on Discord. Uh, All of those links can be found on uh, southerndemonology.com and 
just for a, a brief little instant to let you know, I have actually revived our Twitter account. Not that there's a whole lot going out there, but if you're not on Facebook or if you don't uh, actually subscribe to our uh, podcast, RSS, then you can find all of the updates there about what's happening on the channel. And I have even started a very fledgling Instagram account. Um, Still not really sure what I'm going to do with that yet, but if you would like to, you know, be on the ground floor for when I do start doing stuff with it, please feel free. Uh, But anyway, uh, thank you all for joining again, and let's get right on into the conversation with Christy. And those are really interesting because especially if they're written in Jewish script, like you don't, you don't mess with dead bodies and like, why, why are why is a Jew writing on a skull? Like, yeah, you know, exactly. and um, in the Berlin Museum, um, a gentleman named Dan Levine that taught at Southampton for a long time um, and is like an expert on this. Um, he went and looked at a number of bowls um, or a number of uh, these objects like in Berlin. I know th- I know that there are at least two skulls that are used the same way these bowls are. And in uh at Penn State, there are fragments of a skull that you really can't read anymore because care wasn't taken, you know, so it's it's all kinds of messed up and it was in fragments anyway. But yeah, and so it's quite interesting that like what what is to one make of this, right? Um, and like the one that the bowl that got me into it um is what's called a curse bowl. Um, because mo- the the vast majority, like 95% of these bowls are um are what are called like apotropaic or prophylactic or um, for uh, for guarding or for blessing or for you know good outcomes. Spiritual condoms, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and and my bowl is a curse bowl, but like not only that, but it's like like human die bowl. Like it's it's bad, bad, bad. Like wow. Like it is. There's it's about some dude named Judah, and I don't know he I don't know who he pissed off, but he pissed off somebody really good. <laughs> um, like, like it's like uh, you know, like like your tongues swell up and like curse all your stars and planets because like you know Zoroastrianism was still big in the area at the time as well, and so they took on like so much of this is like syncretism and like a melange of like the different beliefs around you, and it didn't you know. So it all kind of like melds together. And um, and also like when when one is attempting to get rid of an illness, um, it'll say things like, you know, all the demons and Liliths named and unnamed, all the male demons, all the female demons, all the male Liliths, all the female Liliths, um, and Lilith with the, with the lowercase L is a term in that area for a demon as well. But apparently there's differences in these kinds of demons, but, yep. um, but you're covering all your bases because names matter. Right, and so like, and they 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 call out um, Bagdana is a popular one to call out. Um, they were, um, I believe, like a Mesopotamian like like king of the demons or something like that, like some big bad guy. Mm-hmm. And so like you know, call out like Yo Bagdana, and like you cut your shit off, and you know, and tell your buddies to cut it off too. Like you know, so just like covering all the bases forever, <laughs> um, you know. Um, so, cause if you don't know the name of the, of the, of the entity that's causing the problems, like, all right, fine. I'm just going to call all y'all out. And so I'm going to get it somewhere, right? Nope. Like whatever you are, I'm going to find you somewhere. Cause I'm just going to call all of them out. Um, and so, um, yeah. And so like my bowl, my, I say my bowl, um, 
mine is quite interesting because it it calls upon um like a god of death and like it calls upon like a this thing called a yoror demon which apparently is like something that's like not cited very often and it's like a big scary it's like like the destroyer or like the devastator or something or like the the destructor is like one of the epithets mm-hmm. um and so it calls out like yoror and and moat like a god of death and and all the spirits that reside in the cemetery which is very interesting um, i haven't heard that one before now that yeah it's interesting yeah and like I like how like a lot of the, the literature I read like will casually mention and like if you like like Wikipedia or something like yeah there are found in homes in here and some in cemeteries no big no big deal like <laughs> no that's kind of a big deal like you're being yeah. like because like they're in the I believe I believe in the Babylonian Talmud and I could be mistaken I've been wrong once or twice um, but it talks about how like there are two ways to be a necromancer and like one of them is calling the spirit of like the entity to you. And then one of them is like utilizing that spirit to do something for you. And so by, by having this bowl or this, you know, or this item or whatever, like the skull, especially, right. Um, either in the cemetery or from the cemetery in that way, you are utilizing that, that power. And you're not necessarily calling up that person, but you're, you're still taking that power. Um, and that was part of my argument with like my thesis as well. Um, but but I always found that very interesting because like the the and it's not something that I've seen referenced a lot, but like the idea with these like demons being bound is that you're binding their power. And I'm like, well, why why can't you be binding it to use it for your own like yes, you're bi- you're binding them, but you're not doing it to stop it. You're doing it to redirect their power in a way that you want it to be redirected. Oh yeah. Um, in fact, you you find that same concept within uh, these uh, Debtera scrolls, uh, which are made by, uh, you know, uh, Ethiopian Orthodox priests that belong to a certain sect of priests. And some of them sing in multiple voices. Some of them are dedicated to creating these types of protection scrolls. But the scroll was very similar. So they use red and black ink, which is inherited from Zoroastrianism with their magical texts. Um, they call out every single demon they can think of uh, from Shotalai, which is a substitute for Lilith with a small L, um, which are a race of baby killing demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Baya and Legawan, which are the two snakes that form up Ouroboros. Uh, whole, a whole slew of other entities in which they're kind of pr- trying to protect against. But the way that these scrolls are prepared is the priest will ritually sacrifice a goat, skin it, uh, take in, in some eggs and some alcohol, put it onto a rock, lure a demon, because they're tempted by these objects, capture it within the seal of Solomon, and then imbue the scroll with the demon's power to funnel God's will. How fascinating. It's, and honestly, I mean, this is all just first blush hearing this because I don't know much about the, the incantation bowls, but there's a, a crap ton of similarity there. And yeah. I don't know if it comes from, you know, particular religion, particular practices intermixing, or if, if a lot of this was just borrowed from the shared environment and kind of passed on, but it would be fascinating to actually dig in and figure that out. Oh, and, yeah. 
no i mean that's and that's and that's the thing too like um like magical papyri and like amulets and stuff from around the same time are found in israel no bowls but but written things um and like lead amulets or whatever that that are like longer um that have these same formulae that have these like the exact wording the same exact wording and we know that obviously because that's around the time when the babylonian and, and the jerusalem talmud were being written and being codified mm -hmm. and so like we know for a fact that there was travel and and you know uh discussion between these two groups and so like no i think that's absolutely fascinating um well and, even uh, like uh because you know a lot of um a lot of uh, uh, Ethiopic practices were being followed along the Silk Road, and mm -hmm. you have a lot of um, a lot of different cultures kind of coming together. I mean, Arabic, modern Arabic, actually borrows about sixty percent of its vocabulary from Ge'ez, and you actually find like so. One of the things that scrolls often protect against is called Buddha. And yes, that comes directly from Buddha, uh, which is the evil eye. Mm, mm, and you, and, and in fact, you find the evil eye referenced even within like Turkish Islamic communities. Uh, the and the, and the, the bowls, the bowls also reference the evil eye. Like it's a huge thing in like, you know, quote unquote, Middle Eastern cultures. Oh, yeah. Cultures. I mean, that's like one of the biggest things to yeah. it's just that the Ethiopic just persecuted another, you know, religion in order to make their case. For it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, and not here or there. No, that's but that's fascinating because, like, you know, like we, you know, with the bowls with, you know, like eggshells, for example, found inside of it. Like, what does that do? Like, because there's not an egg in it, it's just the eggshell. There's no dried egg, right? It's just the shell. So, like, what are we doing here? Um, and, well, like, and the other thing I was going to ask you about yeah. is um, so in, you know, the, the Essenes, the Dead Sea Scrolls, mm -hmm. you have the, 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 the teacher who, you know, is often making these proclamations, but they kind of believed that it was the corners that would allow a weak spot so that entities could flow into them. So I'm wondering if that also might be a reason why they would put the bowls in the corners, not just to define the room, but also to shore up the places where yep. stuff could leak in. I, I don't yep. know. No, like that, that is exactly, yes. Um, I'm, I've, uh, what, from what I've read, like that's exactly it. Like the corners are the weak spot for some, you know, for some reason. And so like, if you don't find, it's not uncommon to find them in all four corners, mm -hmm. um, but there will be at least, if you find one in a house, it will be at a corner. Um, and, and more and more rarely it'll, it will be, you know, where a bed would go, but that one almost like, I would say hundred percent will have to do with, um, with protection during pregnancy or childbirth. Um, and so, or, or someone that was chronically ill in some ways, it'll mention like, it'll mention that, you know, these like attacks have been ongoing. Mm -hmm. And so that person obviously is bed bound in some way. Um, and therefore can't move and therefore, you know, that's where the demon gets. Right. But, um, no, it's fascinating that you mentioned that. Yeah. Like I, I, they, they're found in the corners. Um, and the stand from what I understand, again, like the, I haven't kept up on literature the last like three or four years. Um, but it's my understanding that the general academic disposition is that one takes the bowl, one goes to the scribe, one says, I need protection against this thing. Scribe writes it out. Sometimes scribe is uh, is uh, 
illiterate. <laughs> you can tell, like they didn't, you know. And so, um, actually, did then, you find any like forgeries that were just complete gibberish rather than? Funny, funny, you should mention that. Um, so yes, there are some that that it's clear that the scribe was copying, like copying the, the letters, the quote quote letters, but there's misspellings or whatever and like so like, it's obvious that they didn't know how to read or write but they they could copy it um but inherent in the bowls as well is um is um what they call it butchus magicae or you know or characters mm -hmm. and it's basically like rubbish words like nothing gibberish like you know it's like i'm gonna call on you know the angel of you know gabriel and michael and like sky well this guy um What's the one? Um, it's like, I think it's like um, Shinyod Shinyod or something. Like it's it, that's not a word. Like it's S Y S Y. Oh like yeah. That's, that's uh, not it, like that's not a word, and that's not a fact, person. I mean, in almost every single like different pseudepigraphal book or whatever text that you're dealing with, you'll have the four standard archangels. And then when they try to just make up random magical words for the last three, because they're never agreed upon ever. Yeah. Awesome. Like, well, but in the, but in the bowls, these nonsense words are repeated in different bowls. Like, mm -hmm. and that's what I found interesting. And, um, and I was speaking with a professor of mine one time, um, cause sometimes, so it'll be these, like the nonsense words are repeated throughout these different bowls. So clearly they had, like, there was something going on for these same words to be repeated in mm -hmm. my opinion. Um, but, um, but also, um, there'll be just a repetition of like a certain letter. Like, it'll be like, um, like, like why, 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 And like, usually that, like the why is short for like, um, for the tetra, uh, tetragram. Tetragrammaton. Yeah, tetragrammaton. <laughs> that, that one. Yeah, I, I, trust me, I get tripped up on that one um, all the time. <laughs> I, the, I just say the yod hey vav hey because it's just easy. <laughs> like, just in my Hebrew class, I, I said Yahweh one time, and, and my professor said, Don't don't say that. And I said, Say what? Because oh. I was just reading, I was just reading the sentence. And he was like, No, you don't say that. We say Adonai or we say something else. You know, he's like, you, you never say that the Yodhe Bhavhe. Well, they even allowed Adonai, because I've been in some places in which you can't even say that. You'd have to say like really? Adonai. Yeah. Oh, how funny. No, yeah. it was Adonai, and there's a couple other ones that. Oh, we I know. In. Like most of the uh, oh, uh, Elohim instead of yeah. Elohim. But yeah. Oh, really? No, we could say Elohim, uh, but we couldn't say we couldn't say Yahweh. And he was like, well, if you say it, the, you know, he's like, if you happen to say it the right way, then the world's going to end. And this is probably about three years ago so like right before right before the plague and I was like well Professor Reeves I mean is that really such a bad thing <laughs> and he just looked at me and he was like keep reading please oh my gosh <laughs> well so that, especially since you know that the tetragrammaton is really supposed to be 72 letters and we have lost what that means after the first temple was destroyed supposedly I, I don't know but I went to I went to Hebrew classes with a whole bunch of extremely religious um, oh. uh, Jews and they would not allow certain words because I got and as a result I got really like kind of cautious about what I call things <laughs> yeah yeah no I mean he, he was he was he's so cool um his name is john reeves he's he, at unc charlotte um and he's amazing uh, absolutely amazing um and he's brilliant um but uh 
but yeah, so like there are these nonsense words and like these like repeated syllables um, for seemingly no reason. And uh, um, I was speaking with a professor friend of mine because it, so the general thought is that you know you take it, you have the scribe write something, and then you go home and you bury it, and you're done, no problem. But there are symbols that have been found now um, that have been translated that mention a magician or the magician. And some of them even differentiate between the magician and the scribe. So those aren't necessarily the same thing. Mm. Um, just like you don't necessarily, just like you're not necessarily Jewish if you get an Aramaic bowl, or you're not necessarily Mendean if you get a Mendean bowl, and which I also find interesting. Um, but uh, it just goes to show that there's a, a marketplace for this stuff. I mean, right. Well, I mean, but Jews shouldn't be buying these bowls for, you know, from other people, right? Selling a little? Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Because, True. Right? And Jews especially shouldn't be, you know, using skulls for them either. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, oh, yeah. I mean, like, especially since, I mean, after the Second Temple, they're... I think this is right. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but there were no red heifers anymore. And a red yeah. heifer is necessary in order to create the ashes for the ritual of purification. Yep. And that's why the corpse touching, how that was such a big no-no. Um, mm -hmm. That was the only way to get rid of that contamination. We were just having a discussion on this in our Discord server uh, the other day. And uh, yeah, and that's now in inactive role because there are no red heifers anymore. Well, yeah, exactly. And like, and it's my understanding that like when there was a red heifer, like they keep, they, they, because you only need a little bit of the ash, right? And, um, and so, like they keep the ashes around, like because they're they're so rare. Um, but I remember a few. I, I say a few within the last like ten ish, maybe fifteen years. Like there was a red heifer born in Israel, and like, everybody freaked out and was like, "Oh shit! Now the temple's gonna get rebuilt." And blah blah blah. Like, and of course, you know, that didn't really happen. Nope. But yeah, but like, but that just goes to show, like, you know, like the the defilement of the you know from the dead is a massive thing and also like within second temple judaism it can spread like so you don't you never let anybody die inside your house because they were all built like apartments and the yep. the the um the uncleanliness or whatever like will travel through the wall and infect somebody else's house and travel 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 because it's not stopped by those barriers <laughs> so if somebody's about to croak you drag it out into the courtyard and let them die there Yep. So like, cool. And then you have the people that are designated to come take care of the body, take care of it. And then they'll do their thing and be fine again. 
Um, Especially amongst the priests, the Kohen, because they would, they'd have to travel everywhere and they would touch everything. And it was very easy for them to become corpse contaminated as a result. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, um, so that's, yeah. Um, But yeah, to find skulls, especially amongst the Jewish tradition is just wild. Yeah, I I saw that and I was like, hang on a second. <laughs> like, hold on. Um and uh and so yeah, so like my my theory for some time and you know, it's easy to sort of cherry pick your you know, what you read to be like, oh, it's right. Um so my theory for some time was like uh so that the idea is that, you know, nobody did any ritual, nobody did anything. They just like wrote this thing in the bowl and you went home, you buried it and that's fine. And you're done. Um and uh, Erica Hunter wrote um, a scholar named Erica Hunter. She teaches at um, uh, University College London, and um, and she she discussed in one of her articles that she wrote um, that she believes that there was something to do with water, like some kind of like a, like a there was a ritual of some kind, and there was something to do with water um, because. Like they're all bowls, like you can get lots of things, but, um, and I forget she was, she was talking about a specific formula that was used and I can't recall right now. Um, but it necessitates like certain actions that one would take. And like one of them involves like water and, and, you know, general scholarship is like, no, because the ink would run off and whatever. And she was like, if the ink is dried, because it, it's not written on there and then fired in a kiln, it's written afterward. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, generally, general scholarship was like, no, because the ink would run and whatever. And she was like, I don't see why the ink would have to run if you're, unless you're like messing around in it and like mucking it up. Like, there, well, yeah, if you pour some water in there and pour some water out, then I don't see why that's a problem. And my other professor, um, I'm talking to, to um, Shimon Gibson, who also runs um, the Dig Mount Zion project, and he was like, you know, he's like, you might want to look into something like, what if these like repeated words, these nonsense words, like see where they're repeated within these formula. And he's like, you know, could they, you know, because Judaism is, is, is song, right. They have the cantors and, you know, he's like in the Jewish ones, at least like, perhaps this is, you know, this is part of the ritual or part of a, a, you know, they would sing this in some way or, or, or um, recite something. And like, those nonsense words, those letters are like, are, you know, a marker like, oh yeah, stop and like do this other thing now and then go back to reading it and then stop and do this other thing now. Oh, that's And I was like, yeah, I was like, oh man. And so, and like being, you know, he's like, you used to do music, didn't you? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, so why don't you look into that? It might be interesting. I was like, (laughs) don't mind if I do. Um, I haven't gotten very far on it. At all, by, by far, I mean, at all. Um, I, I know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, and so I, I, I quite like that idea. And, like, you know, because you could just say, I invoke all the angels named and unnamed, right? It's the mm-hmm. same formula as, you know, I condemn all the demons named and unnamed or whatever. Um, or I invoke, you know, this power, that power, because that, that's, that's the verbiage in the bowls. Like, but, um, but that's not, like that will be there, but again, those nonsense words those, or those letters will will be there. Like the the why, you know, yeah, like I said, will be you know is usually understood as like shorthand for Yahweh. But these other things that are that are found in so many of the bowls, like there's not really there's no explanation. Like like literally, like there's just a, you know a footnote. Like 
this is gibberish. We don't know what this is. Gibberish, gibberish, nothing. I don't know. Like, and so I find that quite interesting. Um, but yeah, and like, and like I said, like there hasn't been, like recently there, there has been um, some decent work done on the iconography in the bowls. Um, and that, and that's, like I said, like that's what drew me to the specific bowl I was, I, uh, I was looking at and I ultimately presented at um, the American Academy of Religion in 2015, I think, mm -hmm. on uh, James McGrath's panel, who I also met on Reddit randomly when I was doing research for a paper on Doctor Who. <laughs> and I was, I was reading his, I was reading his book on, on Doctor Who at the time, uh, Doctor Who and Religion, and I, was, and I didn't know who he was. And I was just like talking to him like a normal person. And I found out who it was. I was like, oh God, oh no, oh no. <laughs> and he's like, no, it's cool. Like, call me James. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so he's like, no, it's cool. It's cool. Um, That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like Reddit's, Reddit's pretty cool, man. <laughs> Accurate. Um, That's how we yeah. met. So. Right? And Not so, that uh, I'm special by any means of the word. But. Oh, whatever. Oh my God. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so um, so like my bowl was about like a figure in one of the bowls that again is a is a curse bowl and you know, like super major, like F you all, you know, F you and die and then die some more. Um, but um my paper was about how it was uh it was similar to a figure in what what's called the John the Baptist cave. Um, in the Kidron Valley that Shimon and, uh, and James Tabor excavated in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, which is like a whole different thing. I've been working on this like paper about John the Baptist for about a million years. Um, but there's a number of, of um, engravings like on the wall inside the cave on the plaster. And, uh, and one of them is a figure that Shimon argues is John the Baptist. And he wrote a book about it called The Cave of John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and so my argument was like, okay, like my guy in this bowl is close enough to the guy in the cave. And so if that's the case, what does that mean exactly? And, you know, it, unfortunately, nobody really had any commentary on it, but um, which is kind of what I was hoping for, mm. <laughs> um, you know, and because uh, I was sort of like just getting into the bowls at that point. Um, but, uh, and nobody was doing any kind of work on the iconography really. And so I might have a different reception now. But um, actually, so I got one last question for you. Yes, we have ran over by a I'm, good bit. No, because it's too fascinating. I, I couldn't stop, even if I wanted to. It was just too much good stuff. Um, when I mean, have you seen images of your bowl or the actual like physical mm -hmm. object itself? Um, yeah, I've seen images of it. It's from so the fun the fun part about that is that it's from a private collection, and um, um. Sholin Shaked um, mentioned it, um, and I'll, I can send you the links and stuff um, if you want to put in the in the description or whatever, yeah. or just for your own just for your own um, amusement. Um, but they mentioned that the bowl is from uh, from a private collection, and the collector said that it's it supposedly comes from Bethany. Really? Uh, yeah, and then of course like Sholin Shaked are who are like the the big granddaddies of like this whole thing. Like they're the first ones to like really actually write on it in like, you know, the quote unquote modern era, like 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, and they're the ones that taught Dan Levine who taught um, a guy named uh, Bayro now that sort of is, has taken the lead now that Levine's like pretty much retired basically. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, and so they're like, you know, yeah, that's what the collector said, but um, 
but we think that it's really, you know, there's no reason for us to believe that it's actually from Bethany. We, you know, there's nothing about it to lead us to believe it's from Bethany that differs from these other bowls in Mesopotamia. But I still thought that was quite interesting, um, you know, and like, so like there's that X-Files part of me that's like, I want to believe. Um, <laughs> because like, he's so like, he has like the same like pockmarked like tunic look. Like he has, he has very similar, like the way the head is drawn in the cave, like is very odd. Um, uh, to the point that some people still believe it's like a, a Roman centurion like um, helmet and mm -hmm. not not actually like uh, a face as such. Um, but yeah, and so I'm like, okay. And that, that's where I got on the, the whole like, you know, like maybe if we, you know, you're binding it not so it stops working, but you're binding it so it does work, but it works for you and not whatever it wants to do, right? right? And so, um, and my art, like my argument for a bit too, um, Oh, hell, like I'll send you a link to the paper too if anybody's actually cares that much. Um, I'm not that hard to track down, so I'm not really worried about it. <laughs> if somebody really wants to find me, they're going to find me, and I'm not really concerned. Um, I've had scarier things. <laughs> yeah, because you can uh, turn the bowl against them. I mean, my God. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Like, I'm like, what's up? Um, but yeah, and. Um, but in looking at yeah. like images of these things, have you ever felt like a chill go down your spine? I'm just curious because I have held these scrolls and there is just something about them that just chills me to my bone. And I don't know why I, I shouldn't be scared of a piece of paper, but there's just something on some of these. And now, there are ones in which are just complete gibberish. You can tell they're just completely made up, mm -hmm. they're false, whatever. But there are a few in which just looking at them, nevertheless, holding them is just an otherworldly experience. I was just curious if you ever got any kind of similar vibes off of them. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't had the opportunity to hold them. Um, at the British Museum, you can request to go into the archives with someone and mm -hmm. like look at them. Um, you have to have certain credentials, like depending on what you're trying to do, right. um, or you have to have like letters of rec to do it because it's a British Museum, and <laughs> um, <laughs> you know these things are kind of a big deal because uh, British Museum. Um, but it was actually really cool. Like, I'd been I had been there before to the the BM, um, but it was before I started my bowl thing. And then after I started it, the next time I went to London, um, we went to the museum, and I didn't like, I didn't specifically like look up where they were because I knew they were on display somewhere. But like, the first ones that you find are really unassuming uh, when you're walking into like, an area that looks like a library, basically. And they're kind of like down, like on the left, like kind of like at knee level for me. And so I happened to look down and there was one of them, cause again, like they're small, they're, they're really kind of easy to miss. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I happened to glance down and there was one that's like on like the cover of one of the books that I was using and it was on display. And I was just like, Oh, oh and, wow. And I just stopped. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> and like, whoever I was with was like, what, you know, it was like, there was like a big suit of armor, like next to it or something like what? And I was like, like oh that and I was like no 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 I was like that's a bull that's a bull that's a bull I'll tell you about and so like yeah I'm like that's a close I've gotten to like being like like you know like sort of chill or like you know that just like holding like oh my god they're real look that's a thing and I know what this is and I know what that's supposed to be like and also that like you know I have imposter just like anybody that's in academia um I have imposter syndrome like you know out the wazoo and so I was like I know a thing I know a thing 
<laughs> it's amazing how a small object can excite you so much. And right. I don't mean that in a sexual way. Um, <laughs> like I went, I remember going to the, uh, to the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston and, uh, you know, cause we were, you know, intelligent that was where you had to go for a socially acceptable time out anyway it would normally be boring as ever live in hell however there was a small display case filled with old south arabian seals and they're normally jewels in which they have all the letters carved into and i literally could sit there for like an hour and stare at these things because i'm like i can read that i can read some of that i can read some of that and it was just awesome and my friends would look at me like what the hell are you doing? This is boring. I'm like, well, go then. I'm happy right? doing this. Yeah. We'll meet up later. No, like um, when I finished my undergrad, so I, I I added on another like year or two to my undergrad because I wanted to, to go to Chapel Hill and study under airmen. Mm-hmm. And um and Chapel Hill, like, you know, you have to be like uh more accomplished than I am. Anyway, um, and so um I took French because like they make they make like they require you to have a second language, um, whereas other schools are getting away from that. But uh, anyway, so I took French. So my, my last semester of my undergrad was entire. It was a full load. It was four classes. I was working like fifty hours a week at the friggin' Starbucks because um, I needed health insurance, and I was like taking all you know senior level, you know first year grad student level French classes. Yep. And so, um, so it was really fun. Like when we'd watch like like films like or like there's some there's some film that came out that was in French or something um and so like I was watching it and I was like yeah the subtitles say that but actually what they really meant was this and this and this and like I'd like stop it and like well actually what they really said is this and there's more nuance to it and so we need to understand that and like my boyfriend at the time was like and we, we met in like a lower level French class and then he's like okay that's cool can we watch a movie now <laughs> and he was like I'm really proud of you I'm very very proud of you but um can we just watch a movie and like chill for a second? Like, oh, that, yeah, honestly, that's why no one can watch anime with me. Because I'm sitting there watching it. And I'm like, oh God, I, I can sit, I've written like tons of articles in our Discord just about all the weird stuff that you find. And no one's everyone's like, I don't care. No exactly. One yeah. Me and me and my 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 mother was the only one who cared about this. Like <laughs> <laughs> and she could just go, I'm proud of you, honey. And like, yeah, no, even before she got my so my mom stroked out about a decade ago and then it turned into Alzheimer's and yada yada. And so that's what happened. Um, but yeah, like, so even before she got sick, she went, I don't know what you said, but it sounds real impressive. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you, mama. <laughs> Thank you, mama. <laughs> that, I think that's honestly, in, in most cases, that's the only acceptable thing that you can say. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so uh, I'm like, well, I'm like, nobody knows about this. Nobody cares. And so that's why I'm stoked that you asked me to come on. Cause I'm like, oh, oh, somebody besides me cares about this. Okay, right. so this was so much fun. Uh, we do have to bring this episode to a close. I may actually have to divide it into two. Oh. Uh, but we are, if you are open for it, um, we're going to bring you on because I know that you've also have done a ton of work on John the Baptist, which you know you've alluded to. But uh, I would love to get some more information on that because, especially you know, any man, you know, Mandean kind of references or associations and Dead Sea Scroll re- references as well. Ah, see, there you let's go. Talk about, let's talk about the Copper Scroll. 
Heck yeah. Oh, I love the copper scroll. It's such good stuff. Uh, Desi right. scroll is bringing that back in for a little bit. But anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. This was awesome. Uh, I hope everyone got to learn. Uh, and especially, I will say this just before we go. Um, you know, I have always heard of these bowls as described as water bowls. And so to find out, just to hear that a lot of people were saying, oh, yeah, you don't really use water, especially when water is the ultimate sign of chaos. That just kind of blew my mind. Um, so anyway, that's, you know, one of the things that I found so fascinating. I got to learn a lot. Thank you so much for sharing your wealth of knowledge. It was absolutely awesome. And your phenomenal personality. <laughs> Uh, way the hell funnier than I ever hoped to be but anyway <laughs> you're awesome no no like now you're really gonna like make my ego go out of control no you're this it has been a blast you're, like, you're <laughs> awesome. I don't I don't say I don't blow sunshine up people's asses for no <laughs> so there's always a reason but anyway thank you again uh, and I hope you all enjoyed it um uh, Christy is in our discord so if you have any particular questions that came up from all of our very talks uh, please pop on say hi ask your questions away uh, if there's enough we may just go ahead and create a specialized channel so that you can ask these things and uh, she will be returning again if uh, she hasn't gotten sick of hearing my voice already so no. thank you thank you <laughs>